Welcome to Sex Communication, a project aimed at changing how people talk about sex. It features audio recordings of sex acts, extremely frank conversations, and many confessionals. Please note that our content is explicit and uncensored. And while these episodes may indeed arouse you, the intent is to inform and inspire. Join us now for a judgment and shame-free exploration of sex. Sexy, sexy, sex stuff. Sex. Hello and welcome to episode 89. Today I speak with Karen, a listener who found me on Instagram and agreed to do an interview so that we would have the opportunity to discuss all of the personal, juicy, private details of her life. Uh, And she said yes, so here we are. Um, We talk a lot about how she basically sexually educated herself, and I find that this is a very common thing in people of all ages, Um, you know, be it a lack of sexual education in schools or a lack of sexual education at home. Many of us find ourselves in the position where we're learning on the fly or learning from media or a combination or what friends say, et cetera, et cetera. Karen and I actually have a lot in common when it comes to how we were brought up around sex, Uh, both coming from Catholic, tight-lipped families where we were shielded from sex scenes in movies and nothing was really talked about in an open and positive way. Um, And we both kind of had a fend for ourselves and figured it out as we went. Karen is pretty adventurous, so she had plenty of stories to share about different things that she's tried and the things that she's interested in trying in the future. So let's just dive in. Here we go. Well, hello, Karen. Thanks for joining me on the podcast and being willing to uh, to speak about some some private personal things. <laughs> How did you grow up with sex? How I grew up with sex actually was definitely something that was not spoken about in my house. Um, I think I figured everything out on my own, um, obviously, as I got older. But actually, one of the things that I remember, well, a few of the things that I remember is my mom was very much, um, you know, Irish Catholic, um, you know, believed in sex, you know, once you got married, no, no such thing as having sex before you get married. Um, my father was different. My father was in the army, you know, so he was a a totally different person. And I was, I'm an only child. So with that, you know, he, I was his little girl, so he didn't want anything to happen or this or that or whatever. So my father used to work on Friday and Saturday nights, he used to be a bartender. And when we were growing up, I grew up in Queens. And when we were growing, when I was growing up, I should say, um, one of the things that we had was WHT. You can only get WHT or HBO. There was no such thing as like Manhattan Cable or any of that stuff. Yeah. And I used to watch. My mom used to go to sleep, and I used to watch. Um, like they had basically what I call smut. <laughs> you know, on it was like Gloria Leonard. It was all these like porn movies and this and that. And I didn't quite understand all of it. But my father had stuff in the house. He had books. He had like, you know, magazines, like Screw Magazine. Yeah. And, you know, like he wasn't a Playboy guy. But, you know, he had he had stuff in the house and I would read it. And I was always very, very curious about stuff. Um, so even when it came down to me, like losing my virginity and stuff, like I never told them like, oh, hey, you know, I went with this person, went out with this person or that person or whatever, you know. So it was never, ever an open topic in my house. Gotcha. Ever. So how did you, you I know you said you, you taught yourself, but was it something that you kind of learned on the fly as you had relationships that kind of got further and further? Or was it something that was discussed with friends or maybe like there was a great sex ed program at your school? 
Um, well, it's funny that you say that because there's a couple different ways that um, I kind of learn things other than the actual act of doing it itself. You know, in the uh, Fast Times of Ridgemont High movie where uh, Phoebe Cates and Jennifer Jason Lee are doing the thing with the carrots in the lunchroom. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, they're trying to perfect like the ultimate blowjob, I guess. Um, that is so true. I, I mean, me and my friends, we talked about that when we were kids and growing up and stuff like that. Um, but the other way that I kind of acclimated to it was just kind of learning. I think that, you know, it's funny because I was 18 when I lost my virginity and it was with this guy who I went to college with. Hmm. And, you know, I was like one of those like shy kids that was like, you know, no boy will like me or if I did like a boy, like it didn't work out the way it was supposed to or whatever. I didn't get it. And I had a friend who was much more like sexually advanced than I was. And, you know, she was my age too. And she had actually got pregnant while we were at like the end of high school or whatever. And I remember her being like, Oh, if I get pregnant, I'll just have an abortion. And I remember being kind of afraid of that. Like, Oh my God. So when it came down to me and I actually did for the first time, it was one of those things. I remember we used to make jokes in high school about girls, you know, and say to them that, um, you know, Oh, that girl's going to lose her virginity in the backseat of the car. Well, guess what Karen (laughs) did? Karen did the exact same thing that she said other girls were going to (laughs) do. So, and it was very, um, uneventful in my eyes, but the good part of it is that I'm still friends with the guy today. I mean, we're not like best friends, but you know, we, we dated a couple times on and off here and there. And then the last time it ended, you know, he went off and got married. So Mm. that's how, so that's how it kind of, you know, but in the beginning I knew nothing, nothing, (laughs) nothing. Yeah. I I had a very similar thing. My mother, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't spoken about. She, I mean, she made lots of, of, of broad statements about, you know, kind of like guys are always going to try to manipulate you and Mm -hmm. like trying to instill this, this sense of distrust for the, the, like any man really, Uh which wasn't very helpful. But as far as like specifics of what would happen, it was a very, very tight lipped kind of environment and asking me to like leave the room or close my eyes when something would come on, if we were watching a movie and God forbid there was a sex scene. Oh man, that was. I remember that, you know, I was just telling a friend of mine about this, that uh, an officer and a gentleman was on Mm. And I remember the sex scene came up with Richard Gere and uh, Deborah Winger. And my father took his hand, put it right over my (laughs) eyes so that I wouldn't see it. I got really, really mad. I was like, why would you do that? You know, he's like, you're not supposed to go outside. You're not supposed to see these things, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. So I I understand that completely. And do you have kids? No, I do not, actually. Do you think if you had kids, you would do the same thing with them? I don't have kids either. So I I always hypothesize about how I would react in that kind of situation. No, I would, I definitely would not react the same way because, you know, I, I I was recounting this, like I mentioned, I was recounting this story the other day. And at one point I was, I was married and I was with um, my ex-husband and um, a couple of our friends and they had a videotape of um, this guy that they all knew who had passed away Hmm. And in the video, he moons the camera. Yeah. And in the and 
the minute that the guy did this, my ex-husband put his hand over my face, over my <laughs> eyes again. And I was like, what are you doing? You're not my father. You know, like, why would you even? Oh my God. And he, and then he got all insulted that he's like, why would you want to see that? I'm like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so in, in, you know, the thing is, is that especially nowadays, you know, I grew up in the eighties, you know, there was things you had to, you had to look for stuff you had to look for porn movies or you had to look for magazines or yeah. you know whatever nowadays it's so much easier for kids to you know just get anything or find anything or i mean there's tons of porn stuff on the internet that they can easily access yeah. so the thing is i swore that if i did have kids i would never do the same thing to them i would want them to be safe i would want them to you know make sure that they're practicing safe sex and that they're doing things to you know take care of themselves and if they feel uncomfortable about something but i would never stifle them from it because right. I could have got, I was very rebellious. So I could have gotten my, into a lot of trouble. Thankfully I was smart enough. If certain people didn't like click with me, I would keep them away from me. Yeah. That makes sense. So what is, yeah. what is sex like for you now? I mean, how, how do you approach it? Is it something that you speak about openly with friends or is it something that you, you kind of keep private with different partners or potential partners? Well, as of late, um, things have been a little tough in my life, so I haven't really, um, I haven't really looked for a person per se. But what I do is, I usually, I don't know, I've been having some struggles with friends too and stuff like that. Um, lately, I've been very, I'm very open as far, like if I know somebody. I'll make jokes about sex and, you know, like, you know, say, how hard is that? Like, how hard do you want it to be? Like, you know, stupid jokes like that and everything. But, um, you know, I, I actually had the opportunity for, to, to be with someone who was younger than I am, but every single time, like, it was like, I'd say put up, he would, he'd never, I'd be like, put up or shut up. And he would never put up, you know, it'd always be like some excuse some this some that some whatever. So I guess at this point I've gotten to the age where I'm like, I want someone who's normal. I don't want just a friends with benefits. I've done all that already. I've done it a couple times in my life. And, you know, unfortunately the problem with friends with benefits is, is that it's a, it's a great thing. Don't get me wrong. And I enjoyed it the times that I did do it. But somebody always gets hurt in the end, you know, and, and I did it at different points in my life and at different age spans of my life. Um, so each one, the first time I got hurt, second time he got hurt, third time I got hurt. But there were different things going on in my life at different points. So, you know, I would rather I'm not this person that's like I need to be tied down. I need to be married and this, that and so on and so forth. But I want something that works like I can't just have sex with somebody I need to have some type of uh connection with them and something where we get where we click on a level right and then kind of mix it all together so it isn't necessarily that it has to be like oh we're in a serious relationship but I'm not I'm not a sharer either mm-hmm. so it's like you know either it's me or it's nothing type of deal yeah. so in a way that sounds kind of like you know a relationship but it doesn't necessarily have to be a, like I can do my thing. That person can do their thing. I'm not possessive like that, but there are certain things like I, I definitely want to think a little bit more with my head instead of my libido as I get older a little bit. Yeah. I identify with that. 
Yeah. So how, how important is sexual compatibility to you when you, when you meet somebody or, I mean, you, you mentioned that you were married. Do, did you feel mm-hmm. like you and your husband were sexually compatible? Absolutely not. Uh, is that <laughs> not pro- in the slightest. Um, he was definitely, um, um, let me put it in a nice way. He, he didn't exactly wow me. You know, it was kind of like a, he was very selfish in a lot of ways I felt. And when I was younger, I was kind of more like the, I want to do whatever it takes to make things work. I want to make a relationship work, this and that. So I didn't place importance on it. After I got divorced, then I was involved with somebody else where I kind of, we weren't even really having sex or anything like that. So that was, you know, and I was able to put that off for a while, but, you know, I was starting to get to a point that I was feeling like, you know, I need something more in my life. So it is important to me, but it's not the be all end all of anything. I think the compatibility when you meet somebody and you talk to them and, and you learn who they are. I mean, I've, I've met guys that I would like, I would never would think of dating. And then their personality won me over to the point that, I was like, wow, you know, this is kind of interesting. And then things happen, you know, and, and, you know, sexual escapades happen. So it is important in a sense, but it's not the be all end all of anything. If, if someone, yeah, I could look at a guy and say, like, I could look at, I'll give you an example, John Hamm, Mm -hmm. hot as hell, (laughs) would love if he shut up at my door right now, I'd be like, see ya. Um, (laughs) no, I wouldn't do that actually. But, um, but the thing is, is that, you know, if he's like an idiot or if he's stupid or I I don't really like that word, but you know, if he's, you know, a jerk and he's like, yeah, I'm so great because I'm John Hamm. I'd be like, see you buddy. Yeah. I get it. (laughs) So, uh, but I also like men who are aggressive and who, you know, aggressive to the point they like, hey, bitch, and smacking you around. But, you know. So when you're with a new partner, because I've been thinking about this a lot, because sexual compatibility is very important to me. But at the same time, I also believe in, you know, communication, very open communication, and that a lot of times... Like you can be sexually compatible with somebody or you might not be sexually compatible with somebody, but either way, communication can generally help either situation, right? But there are sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like when I sleep with a new person and I kind of, I've been thinking maybe I judge a little too harshly in the beginning about kind of a physical compatibility or like a mm-hmm. chemical compatibility to the point mm-hmm. where I don't feel like there would be any benefit to, you know, making a point of saying, you know, this is what I want or trying to, to coax some sort of result or like really open up the communication because there are certain other kind of non, uh, like things that you really can't influence that much that are just like an inherent, it works or it doesn't work kind of thing that kind of Mm -hmm. put me in the position where I'm like, it's not even worth communicating about. Do you relate to that at all? I I absolutely do because, um, you know, I think most of the guys that I've been with and I've dated, I mean, I haven't been with that many, but I mean, I've done my share of things and, you know, sometimes I look back and I say, well, I didn't do this or I didn't do that, but I'm like, but I did that, this, 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 and this. I think as you get older, sometimes too, it changes what you like in somebody and what you want in somebody. And even the, the physicalities of it sometimes, you know, there was someone that I was with where it was just the friends with benefits and, you know, he really wasn't that 
a guy that I would have necessarily looked at and said, wow, I want to have sex with him. Yeah. But, and that's no slight on him either, but you know, it wasn't necessarily the, the, the type of person I was attracted to. My problem a lot of the time is I tend to go for the person that needs to be repaired or the uh, person yeah. that's, <laughs> you know, like my, a friend of mine used to say, it's like, stop trying to fix all the wounded animals. You know, you have to take care of yourself first. So I think what becomes a little more important as you get older is you start to, attraction is attraction. Right. But there are lots of guys, not lots, I shouldn't say lots, but there are guys that I've pushed away for that, for the reasons of, oh, well, you just want to get laid. Well, that's okay. I don't need to just get laid. I can buy a vibrator and take care of that myself. There was a guy that I, you know, was with a while ago. And I have to tell you, he was fantastic in bed. This boy (laughs) could do everything right. I mean, even had, even like, personality but his person well his personality was very quirky and he you know like he he would be like attached to me but then not get attached to me and it's like when I said listen I think we need to stop here he was like well I'm not gonna get hurt you're gonna get hurt you know so I think it's it's important as you get older to define where you're at where I mean you don't do the first date and be like so are we, are we shacking up or what are we doing? <laughs> right. But you know, it's important as the time goes on to know exactly where you want each relationship to be. If you want it to be just a sex thing, then that's great. If you want it to be sex and friends and you go out to eat and then you have sex, that's great too. And if you want to have like the committed relationship, then that's different. It works differently. I think for everybody. And I think age groups too, it works different. Also what I felt at 20 is different than what I feel now at my, at almost 50. So now when you say what you felt at 20 is different than when you felt now, do you mean in terms of like who you respond to? Like what, what do you mean specifically? Like what is the feeling you're referring to? The feeling I'm referring to is the type of person who I respond to. Who, I when I was 20, I thought, well, I mean, I think I still had a little bit of a closed minded view for certain things, but you know, I was a little more, I was kind of like the, well, I'm willing to try anything once type of deal. Yeah. Now I'm close to 50 and I'm like, I'm not willing to try just anything once with anybody, mm. you know, I'm a little more selective about what I want. You know, if I was like, if somebody liked me, I'd be like, Oh my God, that's so great. Let me see what they're all about. Let me give them a shot. Let me give them a chance and this and that. Now I'm like, what? You're crazy. Oh, um, <laughs> let me, let me figure out what type of crazy you are. And if it's really compatible or not, it's one thing to be crazy, like fun, crazy, but to be like crazy, like, <laughs> Okay. Um, you know what? You stay there, I'll stay here. Yeah. So has what you enjoy sexually, like whatever your preferences are, have those things changed since you were first having sex to you know the type of sex you enjoy now? Um it has actually. You know, one of the things that I've kind of um gotten more into nowadays is like light bondage, being tied up. I used to think more along the kind of like nice, sweet sex type of deal when I was younger. Yeah. But as I got older, I start, I liked the idea of like oral sex and I was never afraid to like give blowjobs or anything like that, you know? Um, and I was never one of those girls that was like, well, he's got to go down on me, but I won't go down on him. <laughs> I'm like, 
I, I had friends that did that, and I was like, well, don't be surprised if he leaves you, you know, because <laughs> if, if you're going to be self, that's being selfish, basically, you know. But as I get older, I definitely like, um, I, I love oral sex more than anything. Um, and trying different things, yeah. you know, trying different positions that maybe I didn't once want to try. Now, do you think that's the result of the more you, you've done something, you kind of just naturally look for something new or is it maybe that in a combination of being exposed to like, Oh, well this is out there. And now that I know that it's out there, I'm interested in trying it. Absolutely. Because, um, and I think it depends on the partners you have too. Sometimes some partners will open you up to new things that you never thought before. Right. Um, and some things I get, like I read a lot of stuff online and I read a lot of different things. I read, um, there's something on Instagram called salty and I read that a lot and I find it interesting. Um, the, uh, the issue I have though, sometimes is I have a lot of body issues like in, in my head, basically for the most part, you know, and I always feel like, Oh, I'm not attractive or this or that or whatever, which I think is a common thing that a lot of people feel. But my, I definitely changed over years in how I saw it, you know, and how it, um, progressed. And, you know, like I, I had, my ex-husband, perfect example, you know, he just wanted really like one way, one position, you know, he wanted things like he wanted to try the whole anal thing, which I'm not really a fan of, honestly, Hmm. you know, but I always said, all right, look, you know what, I'll try it. It's, you know, what harm could it do? But he was extremely selfish. So that kind of turned me off to it, you know? Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely different things over the time that have brought me into new things. And now I read a lot of stuff where I see all these new positions and things and I'm like, Hmm, that sounds kind of interesting. Yeah. So if I could just pry a little bit with the anal sex, anal sex is one of those things. If your partner is selfish, like you're just really Mm -hmm. setting yourself up for disaster. It really Mm -hmm. needs to be this very, uh, give and take kind of thing. So was it, when you say he was selfish, was it that Mm -hmm. he wasn't offering kind of any other secondary stimulation or he was trying to drive the rhythm of it and the speed and not being very attentive to what your needs were in that moment and how you needed to approach it? Like what, can you be a little bit more specific? Sure. So he was very, I guess, whatever girls he had been with before had never let him try it. And I said, all right, well, we'll try it and snap. But I felt that he, number one, didn't really know what he was doing. Right. Let's start with that. <laughs> you know, there were a couple of times where I seriously cr- cried from it, you know, and no, he was not attentive. You know, if I said, well, why don't you try going down on me or something like that? He was like, well, you know, I can't this, like there was always an excuse. So, and then there were a couple of times, like he just kind of went for it. And I was like, what's wrong with you? Like, why wouldn't you, you know? Yeah. And honestly, even the one time that we kind of did it where it was, um, you know, um, it was okay, but there was nothing. I wasn't like, oh my God, I'm going to have an orgasm from this, you know? Like there was nothing nothing to write home about. Right. So do you feel like that experience with him trying that has put you off from doing it with somebody else? Have you tried it yes. with somebody else? No, no. It's and, been talked about, but it's never really happened. Yeah. I'm very hesitant about it. Gotcha. So, but you say you read a lot of things. So what if you were to, I don't know, in the next week, you just happen to like come across 
say 10 different articles that are all kind of, you know, how to's or like perspectives on it and things like that. And, you know, would it, do you feel like you have the potential to have your mind changed? Maybe, you know, I, I don't really know. I mean, I think, you know, it happened a while ago. I mean, it's, it's almost like 15 years ago. So, you know, I've kind of kept my, I, I think there, I know it's a big thing, especially with guys, you know, and nowadays it's become like the big thing, you know, and I know a lot of women like to do it too, but, um, I don't, I don't know. You know, I think it would take someone pretty, pretty amazing to get me into that. You know, someone who was just like a, kind of like a one shot deal or, which I'm not really, I don't do so much, but you know, like a friends with benefits, it has to be someone who was, you know, pretty amazing. Right. The guy that I mentioned who I said was a fantastic. Yeah. He wanted, we had kind of gotten like, I don't even know what you want to call it. But nothing really happened because he had a girlfriend, quote unquote. But anyway, he wanted to, and I, and he is humongous. I was like, uh, no, <laughs> not with me. Right. I was like, you, you can go talk to your girlfriend about that. That's not going to be me. <laughs> yes. I, mean, I, I, I do love anal sex and um, I, I'm aware mm-hmm. of how stretchy the rectum can be, but it's like, even mm-hmm. I, especially with a new partner, if they're especially large, it's like just recognizing there's a lot of work that needs to happen to kind of, you know, lead up to that working successfully. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, he was big, not only in length, but width. It's yeah, like, no, 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 worst. no, no, no. You're not putting that anywhere near there. No, no, no. Yeah. So you mentioned masturbation and vibrators and that sort of thing. So have you always masturbated since you started having sex or maybe you started masturbating before you had sex? Like what, what's been your masturbation timeline? Um, I probably started a little before I had sex going back to when I was little, you know, and watching those movies and I'd start to feel like something weird. Like, why am I feeling this way? You know, I would kind of touch myself like, Oh, what's this? But I didn't understand it. But as for like my, as time has gone on, I've had a vibrator since I got one of the pink pussycat down in the village when I was young. Yeah. I don't use it all the time, but I've done like the phone sex thing with guys and this and that and getting off and everything. And a lot of times what I'll do, like after I take a shower, sometimes I know you have to go and take another shower, but you know, I'll just, it'll be like all wet, you know, and then I'll just like masturbate or whatever. And I just got one. I have a, I have three now. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one, but it was, I had one of those little lipstick ones, but it died such a sad death. It was like, I was right in the middle and it just died. I was like, oh my God, you got to be kidding me. But, um, I have this one now that's like a tongue, but I thought it was going to be more than I thought. So it didn't quite end up exactly as I thought. But listen, you know what? It does the job. Yeah. The, the dying of the vibrator, you know, especially when you're, it's in use. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had that happen. Yes. It's very sad. I, and I have yeah. a similar collection and it, it, they have evolved over the years. So mm-hmm. do you, you mentioned phone sex. Do you enjoy phone sex? I do. I actually do. Um, you know, it's fun. It's interesting to see, like, I, I definitely had phone sex where I've gotten wetter than me doing it myself, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, damn, you know, I get a little uncomfortable sometimes because I'm like, well, maybe should I be saying more? You know, should I be doing more? Like, what should I do or whatever? Like sometimes a little awkward with that, but you know, I, I do enjoy it actually. Yes. I find it's so much pressure. I always, I get so, uh, I, I just, I, I get a little frustrated because I feel like, mm-hmm. 
you know, the, the pressure to respond, mm-hmm. you know, with certain timing and, you know, I, I don't, I feel like the likelihood of me stumbling over my words just increases exponentially once I'm on the phone or Skyping with somebody mm-hmm. in a sexual capacity. Mm-hmm. So it was just, you know, not a lot of people bring up, um, phone sex, like in these conversations. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted <laughs> to go into right. that. Well, you know, it's funny because it doesn't work with everybody either. You know, there was a guy that I dated in college and dating is a loose term. Actually, he was one of the first people I had the friends with benefits relationship with. And he was another one telling you this boy could fuck the paint off walls. But, um, (laughs) and, and, you know, pretty average size guy and everything, but he was really good anyway. Um, but there were times where he would call me and like we have phone sex and he would get me so hot. I'm like, holy shit. He's not only good in bed, he's good with <laughs> his mouth too. And it's only over the phone. Yeah. So the partners that you described, like this guy that could fuck the paint off the of walls and then the <laughs> other guy, I assume that you referred to was a little bit more timely or no? Is it the same person? These are two different people. No, they're two different people. Okay. They're two different people. So in your have different points of life. I got you. So what in your opinion, what, what is it that makes it good sex for you? Is it like a physical attraction, this like animalistic kind of reaction to another person? Is it some sort of skill on their part is, you know, they know how to touch or, or I, I don't know the whole motion in the ocean thing. I like, well, what are the right. components of good sex for you? Cause it sounds like you talk a lot about like, the, you know, how the connection with the person kind of outside of the bedroom is very important. Does that really play into it? Or it has a lot to do with the physicality of the person and your reaction to each other. It does. You know, I think, I think sometimes the connection definitely helps to make it stronger Um, I have a lot of male friends and there are some that I would never ever think about having sex with. And there are a couple that I've thought and was like, "Hmm, maybe, you know, that seems like, uh, you know, you can tell certain things by certain people, you know, and what have you. I think, yeah, it is definitely a connection kind of knowing what their personality is like, like I know this guy and he's older than I am. He's probably about like 10 or 15 years older than I am, but there's something about him. I know that if, like I would ever have sex with him. Yeah. It would be explosive because I can tell <laughs> that's just the type of personality that he has, but he has other issues, which keeps me away from him, you know, which I'm like, oh, I mean, now he's engaged to somebody else, but you know, at one time there was something that could have ha- transpired, you know, and I kind of kept him at a distance. And even my friends like, damn, he's hot, you know? Yeah. So it's, you know, but the thing is, is that like, I need to feel comfortable because like, you know, I'm not, I'm very self-conscious about things or I'm very self-conscious about, you know, cause I'm not skinny. I'm not, you know, like, this hot chick is, you know, I'm just, I'm just me. Yeah. And I want someone to accept me for me. And, you know, I, I feel like that's what makes, you know, if someone like the last guy I was with, which is a couple of years ago, about two years ago, um, he pretty much accepted me for me, you know, and he, you know, it was a, it was another friends with benefits thing. Um, but it, it's funny because like we had had something, then it stopped and then it started again and like, I felt like something had died between us. And I don't know if it was that he had been dating other people, didn't quite really tell me what was going on, even though he didn't really have to, I, I shouldn't have really expected that from him, but I was going through a rough period at that point. So kind of like a lot of the feeling was gone. Like I felt like, you know, I was kind of disgusted by the things I had heard. So yeah, 
Yeah. So, you know, it's important. I think it is important. You know, the connection does play a, a big factor into it, you know, and as long as I can feel comfortable and someone can accept me for who I am, that's what's really, you know, important to me. So going off of that, so if you found yourself in a relationship with somebody who kind of checked all of those boxes and you had this great mm-hmm. connection with, and you're both like in a position to commit to each other. You both want to commit to each other, but there was something kind of off about the sexual compatibility. Is it something that you would accept? I wouldn't, I wouldn't walk away because the thing is, is that yes, the sex is an important part of a, a relationship, whatever it is that you're in. Yes. You know, I mean, it is a component, but it's not the only component. And there are ways that you can work on things. And and I'm like, I'm not one of those people that's um, like, I, I'm very um, conscious of people and their feelings and their emotions. I've gotten hurt. And I mean, I've had guys splatter my heart all across the floor, you know, and say shitty things to me. And, you know, I, I dated a guy one time who a different guy I went to school with. And we dated for, it was like about six months. And, you know, when it came, we, for some reason, we kept putting off having sex or whatever. And when we finally did, he had a hard time keeping it up. But I didn't say, I was just like, listen, it's okay. Things happen, this and that, da, 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 da. And then like a couple of weeks later, we went out or something. And he was like, well, I just wasn't sexually attracted to you. Hmm. And I was so upset. You yeah. know, I was like, you know, you're saying that because you mean that or because you're just trying to cover up that you felt bad about yourself, you know? Yeah. Like I wouldn't, like I felt there was no need to even say that at that point, you know, like you could have just been like, listen, you know, I don't think our relationship's working out. Like I try to be very kind about the other per to the other person, but that hasn't always been the case with me. You could have a day where you just, things are just off or whatever, but you can make everything work. I'm all about let's make things work. Let's try to see what we can do or let's try this or that or whatever. So no, I wouldn't just not for the sake of that alone, you know, now if they were a jerk or they were, you know, um, said derogatory things or things like that, or tried to turn it around and blame it on me, then yeah, then I'd be like, see ya. Right. So, but do you, well, I guess it kind of speaks to other things. So we are talking about like strictly heterosexual relationships here. So as a person that has a vagina, do you have strong preferences or feelings about the penis that's involved? Or you're kind of like, because some, like I'm a size queen, but there are other people I know that are not a size queen at all. So where do you fall on that spectrum? Um, I am not so concerned about that. I, I mean, I remember the guy that I mentioned, you know, who I said was really good in bed. He was big. Yeah. He was big. I mean, I remember the first time we had sex, he's like, I'm only halfway. And I was like, what? Are you kidding me? Um, but the thing is, is that I've been with guys that have, that are, that are well endowed and were horrible. Yeah. And, you know, or. I don't want to say that's actually wrong. I shouldn't have said that, but you know, they, they weren't, you know, the greatest, uh, Don Juan there. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, so to me, you know, there's a saying, um, that I saw in a movie where it says, it's not the size of your pencil. It's how you write your name. Right. And a couple of guys that I dated, like the guy I mentioned from college who, you know, I said to fuck the paint off walls. He was about average, but let me tell you, he was really fucking good at what he did. So <laughs> he really was. His wife was one very lucky woman. <laughs> but what was it that was so great? Just like his attention to your needs or, or what was it? 
he just knew what, I mean, he was young. I was young. We were, you know, in our early, and he's older than me by a couple of years, I think by two or three years. He just, you know, he knew how to make everything work. It's like, you know, the oral sex was great. The, you know, the movement was great. He just like, I remember like, and like when I had sex with him, I had been, I was kind of, I wasn't a virgin, but I was kind of an experience, you know? And he just like took my legs, put them on his shoulders and just like went in and went for it, you know? And I was like, damn, you know? (laughs) So when you say that, you know, there are ways to work around, you know, kind of physical limitations or, you know, if there, there was something that wasn't working great, you know, this Mm -hmm. attitude that you have about like, well, there are ways to handle that. So Mm -hmm. what are those ways? I mean, do you use sex toys with partners? Is it, you know, like focusing on oral? Is it a combination of all of these things? Yeah, it's a combination. You know, it's funny. I've never actually really used like any toys with any partners that I've had. It's been talked about, but it's never really, you know, and they, any of the guys that I've been, they know that I have them, but it's never really been, it, yeah, it's, it's more of like the oral, it's like, you know, it's like, uh, like, I don't have a problem with, like, I always try to find what makes them tick and what their weak spots are and what I can do to get them, you know, and, and I like to play those little games of, you know, keeping them on the edge and, you know, them being stopping or whatever, you know. Um, so, yeah, you know, I think there's like, I love being fingered. I love oral sad. Yeah, I love being you know, a guy going down on me. So you can do things that way. You yeah. know, you can. And even sometimes just trying even a little bit of a different position sometimes. I mean, look, the Kama Sutra has how many positions? A ton of them. Yeah. So you can try all different things. So what really gets you off these days? Hmm. These days, I don't know. These days, my mind's been kind of in a cloud. Um... I think I have a lot of, I kind of have a lot of things that have happened. Like this, this time span, this decade has been a little tough for me um, with different things that have gone on here and there. So, and I went through a lot of periods where, um, you know, I, I just didn't feel attractive or desirable to people. So I think sometimes I hold back even myself, you know, like, um what I actually have to say the vibrator that I got that's like a tongue I like that like that definitely gets me off yeah um sometimes porn you know sometimes actually what's really interesting is um some of the the audio porn that you have on your site is really really good too so what kind of porn do you watch I really just like you know male on female porn you know I like um you know, it's funny as much as it, people would say, oh, maybe I'm prude by saying this because I don't have a problem doing this. But like if I'm watching porn and they're at the point of the porn, let's first off, I try to find one that's like 20 minutes long, let's say. OK, because I and I, I don't watch it for the stories, not in the book, <laughs> uh, because they're not good stories. But I get bored if like, you know, I see like a, a things going on for like three or four minutes of girl giving head. It's like, come on. Like, you know, there's nothing about that that, like, turns me on. But watching him, like, going down on her and then, like, you know, different, like, sex acts and even hearing, like, you know, like, when a guy's pounding a girl, like, that's what gets me off and that's what turns me on. I got you. Do you watch it searching for things where it's something that you like watching from the outside or are there things that you're kind of, like, putting yourself in the place of the woman? 
Yes. Yes. Gotcha. Kind of both. Yeah. Kind of both. More so sometimes me putting the saying like, oh, I'd like that guy to do that yeah. to me. Or I'd like a guy to do that to me. So has your sexual experience and kind of the, the porn that you watch, has it always con- skewed heterosexual? Have you ever kind of experimented at all or been flexible with your, your genders? Um, I, the porn I watch is definitely heterosexual. As far as, you know, like maybe like, you know, like with another woman, I'm not one of those women that is like, like I had a lot of friends when they were young and they would be like, Oh, you know, I want to kiss a girl and this and that. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that because I know people that are straight, that are gay, that are everything in between. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me, you know, what people do, but me personally, no, it's not something that I've been interested in. And it's funny because I know someone who is bisexual and this girl is I mean, I haven't seen her in a long time, but she's freaking hot. Every guy I know is like, (laughs) like, you know, they would just, and I could see why she's a beautiful girl, you know, and, you know, thin and pretty and long hair and very exotic looking, you know, and she actually hit on me. And it's funny because my ex-husband knows her and would have been like, that would have been his like ideal dream, you know, (laughs) like the two of us and him. And, but we were divorced at that point when this happened. And I said, you know what, as much as I, I, I'm flattered by what you're saying, I just can't like, there's just, you know, it's just not me, Yeah. you know, but whatever. Now I have had boyfriends say to me, Oh, if you want to have the two guys, you know, and you, but that's not really a turn on to me either. Cause I, I don't have that much of an attention span. For <laughs> it does. Yeah. Usually as I get older, you know, I definitely <laughs> don't have the attention span for two people. I like, you know, can't do it. What if the, if this, in this male, male, female scenario though, what if it was like both of them attending to you, you didn't really need to do much. And then like, they kind of also took care of each other. Would that be more appealing? Maybe. I don't know. I never tried it. So, you know, I've got to have an open mind to it, right? Yeah. I mean, do you feel like you're in a place now if that that scenario dropped in your lap and it could happen, you know, tonight or tomorrow or something? Would you be into it or you'd be like, eh, eh, maybe? Maybe. You know, I, I, I don't want to say I'd be not into it. You yeah. know, I'd say, let's see what happens, you know, and let's see if they're, you know, maybe it's it's something I've never tried before. So you never know. Yeah. So the the friends that you have now, people that you're associating with, are they openly discussing sex? Is it a topic that comes up in kind of an open way or everyone kind of just keeps their private stuff to themselves? Most people who know me and who know me for a long time know that I'm pretty much an open book and I'm pretty, you know, straightforward. And, you know, I, I know this guy who I used to work with and he's gay and he has no problem. You know, he'll, he'll just say words like straight out, you know, and, and where a lot of people might be like, Oh, oh my God, you know, but he, he had like, for example, he had gotten a picture of some guy that lived in his building and it was a dick pic and he showed it to me. He's like, Oh, I knew you'd, you'd appreciate seeing that. I said, well, well, that's impressive, but he's got no interest in me. He goes, Nope, you have nothing that he wants. <laughs> So I have friends like that who I could, who just say those things and I say those things and, and we're open and stuff like that. I have friends, like I have a male friend who I'm really, really close to. And, you know, in the beginning he was different, but now I hear the things that come out and and sometimes it shocks me a little, but you know, I'm like, okay, you know, 
There's very few people I know who are not open about sex. I think my friends feel that they can come to me and talk to me about it because like I have a friend who's married and, you know, sometimes she just blurts it out, you know, about whatever is going on or what have you. So, you know, so I think people know that I'm pretty open to stuff and I don't judge. I don't, you know, just because something doesn't work for me doesn't mean it doesn't work for anybody else. You know, I can't tell people how to live their life just like someone can't tell me how to live mine. So, you know, and listen, if it's something you like, it's something you want to do by all means do it. You know, I might think it's a little crazy or they might think what I'm doing is a little crazy, but listen, some people like chicken, some people like steak. (laughs) Do you think there's something helpful though about the conversations or, cause I, 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 I'm like you, you know, I have a lot of friends that kind of know that I'm never going to judge them about anything and they can come Mm -hmm. to me and talk about whatever sexually or Mm -hmm. otherwise. And I have friends that I'm very close with that are, are very much of the mind of like, whatever you do in private is fine. They're they're not judging in that way, but they Mm -hmm. despise talking about it. They feel it's unnecessary there's no reason to bring this sort of thing up, but you know, I I feel like there's value in it. Do you feel like, like it's something that you think could help other people if maybe they're a little bit more tight lipped? Is it something you feel makes you more comfortable with your own sense of sexuality and just, you know, getting comfortable with trying new things or just even like understanding the value of your own experience? You know what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. I think that, I mean, I've had things happen to me where, you know, I've in my head, I've made a big deal about it. I'm like, oh, my God, why does this happen? Or why did this happen? Or what's this, that or so on and so forth. And then I'll talk to someone and they'll tell me, oh, yeah, I had this happen, too. And I'm like, you did. And, you know, so so I think it, it helps because it like my goal in life is to help people. But. In, in this aspect, it helps because you, you don't feel like you're alone. You don't feel like you're dealing with it by yourself where it's like, oh, my God, am I a fucking weirdo? Because, you know, like I feel this way or this happened to me or I did this or whatever, you know. Yeah, I, I think it, it's I think open open dialogue is great. You know, I have a friend who I've known for a really long time and her and I, we talk about, like we talk about, we trade off on smut things and stuff as we like to call it. I think it is very helpful to answer your question. I think it is very helpful because, you know, I mean, look, everybody's different and we all come up with these weird things or these weird scenarios or these weird whatever, you know, and sometimes you want to know you're not crazy. You're not, you know, losing your mind. I go, I have stuff I put in my mind all the time that I'm like, holy shit, I must be a fucking idiot or I must be insane or, you know, whatever the case may be, whatever thought I'm having in my head, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I think it's very helpful. And do you feel, cause we, we you know, we both kind of grew up in the same way where mm-hmm. porn was something you had to seek out, right? You know, mm-hmm. like there wasn't the state of like this sexual media free for all that exists now. Do you think that, like with all of the access, do you think it's changed the conversation? Do you think it's changed people's openness to discussing it or it still is just another way of, of people having it as a private thing that hasn't really seeped into like the social or the cultural conversation around sex? Well, I I think it, it hinders and it helps in different ways. People are much more open about sex and what they're, 
their thoughts are and everything. And it's definitely come a long way. It's definitely not closeted like I thought it, like you would have thought it once was. But I think the problem still exists that a lot of people still have are closed-minded to it. It might be an older generation that might still be like that. But you see, I think the problem too is in, a lot of it has to do with actually, I think our administration, which, you know, I'm not a fan of, but that's my prerogative. And I think whatever anybody chooses to be a fan of is their choice. But I think the problem with with that is, especially now with the whole abortion, you know, controversy. Yeah. Look, personally, I couldn't, if I had gotten pregnant and I could, like, there was a point where I thought I was. And I was like, I can't have a baby with this guy. No way. You know, and I was young. I was in my 20s at the time, you know, and thankfully it didn't work out that way. But you know, I used to say, what am I going to do? I don't know if I could be tied to this guy for the rest of my life. You know, what the hell here, you know? Yeah. So I think while people are opening the conversation and, and opening up their views, I still think there are a bunch of people that are still much more close-minded about it. They may either A, pretend to be, B, act like they're not, but, and then, and, and maybe underneath have those like, um, those tendencies of like, like they, you know, like I just saw something on dangerous. I, I, I get an email every day from dangerousminds.net yeah. and they do different things. They do a lot of not safe for work stuff and everything. And they had this artist. It was actually very interesting. It was an artist, um, a Japanese artist who did paintings of women and very voluptuous buxom women. And the guys were like, you know, skinny guys, you know, like who basically just like to be dominated. Yeah. And it's a little bit of an exaggeration, but, you know, I can still see people being like, oh, my God, you know, and it's like, you know, perfect example. I don't have a problem with the word cunt, but a lot of people I know do. A lot of females I know do. Yeah. I don't have a problem with the word. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, unless someone's calling me that, then that's a different story. <laughs> but I don't have a problem with the word. But I know friends of mine that do not like the word, that I just won't say it. I can't say it, you know, and stuff like that. So I think it's getting better still think we have a ways to go, to be honest. Yeah. Well, just a couple more questions. I did want sure. to, to dig in a little bit more about, um, so you said that like you've been more interested lately in kind of being tied up and exploring mm-hmm. that. So how far have you gotten with that? Um, not very far, unfortunately. Um, you know, I, I like the idea of being, I like the idea of losing control, like yeah. not being, you know, I'm a little, too controlling. Um, so I want, I like the idea of, you know, my, like my hands being tied up. I just have to let whatever's going to happen, happen. So I haven't really met anyone who's been like that yet. And I like the whole spanking idea. And, you know, like there's a joke, they say, you know, when I was a kid, I hated naps and, uh, <laughs> and spankings. And now it's, as an it's adult, like you love thing. naps and you right. love spankings, you know? Yes. All comes around full circle. Exactly. <laughs> So it sounds like that's something that, I mean, have you come to that interest because of different media that you've come across and things you've read and seen, or it's like, you know, is it independent of that? What really put those ideas Um, in your head? A little bit of both. You know, I saw nine and a half weeks when it first came out in the eighties, you know, and I was like, Hmm, that's kind of interesting. Actually. I think what it is is that I like, I'm not a dominant person. I don't have a dominant personality, 
but I like, you know, I like someone who's like, here, no, stop, you know, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you come or whatever it is, you know, yeah, I'm into all of that. So yeah, I've seen it in movies and stuff like that. But I think it's just my personal what I like. The one thing I do not like, I do not like choking, do not put your hand on my neck, do not put your hand on my throat. I don't find I was just watching the um, the affair. Yeah, on Showtime. And Anna Paquin, who was on True Blood, that was what her character was into, was being choked. And she's like harder. And I'm like, oh, my God, no, I couldn't imagine. You know? Like, no, don't touch my, you can touch anywhere else, but not my throat, please. <laughs> so if it's something that you're, you're interested in and you haven't really experienced much of yet, do you feel like there's going to be a point where you're going to be active about seeking it out or it's kind of one of those things that right now you just see it as if it happens great and if it doesn't it's not really going to be like a great loss to you I would seek it out I would definitely I would be open to it absolutely if you were in a new relationship and you're getting to the point you're intimate with this person is it something that you would bring up that you'd like to try yeah yeah absolutely so is there anything else on the horizon besides that? I definitely would like to try more of like the scenarios, you know, where it's like the schoolgirl teacher type of thing or the, um, you know, the French maid yeah. or the, you know, um, I've come the mechanic, you know, or things like that. You know, like I haven't done a lot of that and a lot of the tying up I haven't done. So I definitely want to be with someone who is good at that, who would just be like, listen, you're going to do what I say, this and that. And I'd be like, yes, whatever you say, you know, it's kind of interesting. Like you, one of the podcasts that you have is that couple that ended up hooking up yeah. because of the two, because of your podcast. <laughs> and it's very interesting, like the things that he says to her and stuff like that. And I'm like, someone like that is kind of interesting to me, you know, because yeah. I like that, that dominant side in someone. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This is uh, where we'll wrap up. Thank you for saying yes to this. No I had a worries. great time speaking with you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's, it's a real pleasure. Thank you. I'm honored. Likewise. Great. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sex Communication. Did you dig it? Tell a friend. Subscribe. Leave a review on iTunes. Send an email. I really would love for you to do all of these things. And if you'd like to know more about this project, visit graphicpaint.com slash sexpodcast for additional episodes and background on how this all began. And if you'd like to be a part of this podcast, send an email to sex at graphicpaint.com. Every story and experience is valuable, so why not do an interview or submit your own filthy audio? Be a part of our revolution and help us spread the message of sexy self-acceptance.